What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let's just go through what the show is all about so you can be prepared for what's going to go on. Buds, Bros, and Superheroes is the name of the show, but it's also the sections of the topics of what we'll be talking about during the show today. Buds is all about marijuana. So my guests today, I'm going to talk about how they like to do it. We're going to talk about different ways to do it. It's actually got a lot of information. I'm pretty excited for this section. In the bros section, I was watching The Ultimate Fighter on Hulu. Conor McGregor versus Uriah Faber. And you would think that the discussion that I had in this would be all about fighting or mixed martial arts. No, it has nothing to do with that. Stay tuned to hear what I want to talk about in regards to these two men. And then finally, in the superhero section, Disney Plus has given us another awesome show. Loki has now got two episodes under its belt. We're going to talk about season one, episode one, and episode two. All that sounds awesome to you guys. Thanks so much for checking us out. We're going to get into this, welcoming my guest, second time on the show, Brother Johnny is back. Yay! Everybody say hello to Brother Johnny. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Get yourself locked in, because Buds, Bros, and Superhero Rose is about to take off the way that we always do inside the Bud section. So guys, on here, we like to talk about smoking weed, but I found a bunch of other ways to talk about smoking weed. You can smoke it as a bud, you can inhale it as a vapor, or you can dab it as a concentrate. As the hardcore bringer of knowledge that I am, I felt that it was my duty to do all three tonight and let you know how I felt about them. <laughs> but before we do that, the flower you know, the actual buds, hence the name buds in the Buds Pro Superheroes. The buds are what are consumed the most, the most sought after, or the most thought of when smoking pot or smoking cannabis, traveling the green, as I like to say here. With that comes many ways to do that, so I kind of wanted to ask you, sir, about your favorite ways to do it, and we're going to have two showdowns to get to the top in this bud section. So the first round is, sir, joints versus blunts. Wow. So, I mean, for forever, blunts wasn't even close, right? I That was what I was comfortable rolling. That was what I was definitely, like, when I associated, hey, I'm going to smoke, that's what it was. You know, the guy's throwing fives, whatever the case may be. That was, you're getting to one, maybe two blunts, right? And if you could have four guys, two in rotation, you had a great session that afternoon after school or whatever the case may be, right? However, as I've aged... I must say the J and it's described pretty perfectly by Burt Kreischer in one of his standups. And he just goes, yeah, you know what? The J is fluffy. It's after school. You know, you're having a good time. Everybody's getting along and the blonde, that's going to fuck you right in the ass. Oh yeah. It's coming right down broad street, baby. And that is, uh, what I love about a blunt, but at the same time, as I've aged and matured and figured out where I need to what I need to do to where I want to get, uh, Jay definitely does the trick for me. So round one for you goes to the Jay. I'd have to. Yeah, exactly. Just based on if I'm giving it my honest opinion of where I am in life right now, for sure. I too am going to have to side with you for that. I can't even say that I was ever on Team Blunt, personally. Uh, the biggest proponent to why this is, is I can't roll for shit. <laughs> I know it's it's a little sad. It's it's somewhat funny because you're like, really, you, Mister Marijuana, Mister. I do a show that has marijuana in like one of the titles, and I like to smoke in all my various ways. But I still just don't understand the gutting process of a Dutch or 
what to do and there's condensation from a glass to get the outer leaf going well and i just do it and it comes out a fucking a tweaked out mess <laughs> yeah no it is uh it is certainly something that took shape over the course of years right because i would say again i believe the first time uh right senior prom and that was all thankfully somebody else <laughs> was a veteran at that point taking me along for the ride but as i started to mature it was mostly glass right and then somebody showed me how you know sat down and it was basically hey i got four fucking blunts that we need to roll today we're gonna roll them until you're <laughs> you know what you're doing and it was first one like you said a hot mess and hey here we go we're gonna fix this and you know guy was able to kind of basically make something of it second one a little bit better third and then again it's just keep smoking, keep learning <laughs> that creature by habit. And then, uh, I do cheat though on the J's. I use the cones. I use the pre-roll cones. I love them. I stuff them. I got plenty of bud to, to go around if you will. So I'm not worried about waste, not want not. And again, I fucking love it. Twist it off at the end and good to go. Now to step back really quickly, I do want to point out and really encourage anybody listening to be that guy. To be the guy who chose to say, hey, you're not good at it. Let me sit down and we're going to make you awesome at it by the end of the night. Because I'd say some of my anxiety about not being a good roller came specifically because I didn't want anybody to see how bad I was and then get razzed for it. And then maybe you're wasting a little bit. So I always just kind of threw up my hands and I went, fuck it, you do it. Like, right. you know, I'll put five on, I'll put six on it. If you <laughs> fucking roll it, just trust me. You don't want me to goddamn do this right now. <laughs> no, I, uh, and, Again, I got to a point where I was very confident in how I went about my business and then show up at my boy's house who, again, probably has 10 years on me, right? Since I started in, in uh, you know, late high school versus where he probably started versus, you know, again, if you believe every story you hear, right? He's a fucking nine-year-old smoking. I, I believe him, right? And then when you see what he's able to produce, you're like, okay. That's a nine year my veteran to that. Good for you, sir. I, if I were to continue down this path, I would like to think again. I, based on my personality, right, and I think this plays pretty well into the questions that we'll get into later. It's just let me get time on task. Let me figure out how to continue to do things so that I can hopefully get better at what you're asking me to do. Let's define the battlefield and we'll go from there. Type of thing. Wiser words have not been said on this podcast. I don't believe. Holy shit. Because no, I'm always the opposite guy, kind of going back to what you said with cones. It's like, oh, there's cones? Why the fuck would we even, what are we doing? Why are we trying to take something out of something else and make that product into a new something? Like, just take a cone, fill it, twist it, light it. What the fuck are we wasting time for right now? Oh, you better believe if everybody could have gone to the store and brought, or excuse me, bought the uh, cross joint after fucking Pineapple Express. They would have went out of style. <laughs> so I'm a firm believer. If you make it easy for the American people, they're going to consume it in mass quantities. Absolutely. And yeah, that's what the cone does. And then that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. If I'm not in the mood for a full cone, I've got a fun little raw a, a rolling machine, I guess is what you'd call it. And you put in the weed and then you make it all ready. And then you put in the paper and then it rolls that up. And then it pops out a joint for you. It's the craziest thing that I've ever seen. And they've had them since cigarette time. You know, when you used to sure. buy them, I used to work at CVS and we sold cigarette rollers. It was the same thing, but you know, it differently. <laughs> yeah. It's just doing something a little bit different now. And now they could sell them at head shops. I don't know if that's still the term they want to use. Is that, I don't know. I mean, Speaking of which, everybody go. in the NEPA area, go down to Wilkes-Barre 
in the Nepa area Wilkes-Barre Utopia glass shop and you can pick yourself up a sweet buds bros and superheroes card and or a sticker and if you went there and you're like oh my god there's no more left head on over to dp doe and maybe they'll have one left i'll make sure to go down and restock because one of our subscribers actually was down there right after me shout out to you sir neil for being awesome and seeing that and doing that tweeted it out it was a good time a little bit off topic, but not really, because it does bring us into our next verses. So round one for both of us goes to Jay's at this time in our life. For round sure. two is then pipes versus bongs. And now bongs sometimes are water pipes. So basically, the fight in this is whether or not you want the filter of water, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go bong ripper all day, every day. And that's probably because of the fact that I've moved away from the blunts. I feel like the bong brings a little bit heavier of a punch than the bowl necessarily does. And because of that, I'm trying to hit the express lane if I'm doing something like that versus, again, a bowl. I'm forever the guy. If it's in any type of form, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the day that somebody hands me an apple hit because that is I want to get there. And that is what's going on. But, uh, yeah, to make a long story long, I'm going to go bong. Fuck, dude, I want to do the Apple thing now that you just brought it up. For those who don't know or travel to Dream as often, people can make a pipe out of an Apple somehow. I've seen it done. I've heard it be done. Now, when I say I've seen it done, I've seen an Apple. I didn't see how they did it. So, and I thought that that was a big thing because I was like, fuck, you made it already? And they're like, yeah, dude, just do this. And I was like, no, I'm not going to listen to directions right now. We're smoking out of an Apple. Like, I, I'm going to have to worry about that later in life. But yeah, you can smoke out of fruit. I wonder what other, if you could pick another fruit to do it out of, do you naturally like apples? Not necessarily. I don't eat much fruit to begin with, honestly. It's probably a downfall of mine. But if I had to say another, I just think by the sheer size, watermelon would be fucking amazing. I <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> like just fill it up and you have no end. Yeah. Though it'd be hard to hold. I would go pineapple just because I love a pineapple and but yeah, how the fuck would you hold that around? And where would your mouth go? Too many, like, pineapples are so funny because we're not meant to eat them. And yet we were like, fuck it, we'll get in there. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. Get her done. Get her, yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> I too would have to definitely take round two to the bowl or to the bong. Excuse me. I'm an all day, every day, or I barely roll anything. Normally I roll when I have company. And even that is now kind of taking a backseat because of COVID and sharing. And it's kind of coming around to being socially yeah. acceptable again. One of the things we talked about here on the show, a little magnetic joint sharer I've seen now. Like people have found their way around it. But until then, you know, you bring a piece or you do you and I'll have my bowl. And that's kind of what we've been hitting. And I fucking I love my my bong more than I love anything, especially when it's got that sweet. Nice. Bud Bros and Superheroes sticker on it. Absolutely. Shout out to Machine Studios, dude. A lot of people make stickers and charge you money for it, and they make the best sticker for the cheapest price. And they're not cheap, but you know, it's not when you think about it, it's like over a dollar a sticker. Like, that's crazy. What are you guys doing that it costs you that much? And then when you go to them, it's like, yeah, no, it's not that much. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> that had a lot of that and that. Sorry. No, hey, when you again. What is a sticker but a glorified stamp? Damn. <laughs> Did you TM that? Is that going to go on a t-shirt someday? <laughs> I don't know. We, we it should. 
Now, finally, we had two preliminary fights and getting into the final round. We have, would you rather have a joint or a bong, sir? I would still say Eileen bong. I do. I just, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, there's something about clearing it (laughs) to some extent. I mean, I definitely appreciate the cleanliness of a J at this point in my life. Like, it's literally, you roll it, you smoke it, it's gone, right? It's essentially a cigarette to some extent as long as you get rid of the bud. Um, what I've noticed about myself, although I do like the bong, I'm very meticulous about cleaning it nowadays. Two to three days, I'm in the sink. I'm making sure it's nice. It's you know not no resi building up. The water itself, I mean, the piece you got me is beautiful, but because I can see right through, it's more so than the one that I have with stickers and blah blah blah. It's I'm more cognizant of the fact, and I feel like I've sent you the meme, and it's like, yo, you got five minutes, go clean your bong. <laughs> And I'll definitely catch myself. But uh, yeah, I mean, if again, it's it's definitely if I'm leaning right, it's 52, 48. It's very close in terms of how I go about daily consumption. But I, I still lean personal preference to the bong. Same here. I would even go that that preference is 95, 5 for me. Wow. Yeah. If I'm not hitting the bong, that other 5% is because I'm not in my home and I have a pen on me. Sure. You know, if I'm in my home, I don't see why not, you know? Yeah, and it's funny, too, because it's like a cup of coffee. You'll just see me walking from one room to the other with it. Like, I've got to go take a shit. And I'm going to be there for a while. Bong's coming with me. If I'm going to go make breakfast, it's going to take a Bong's coming with me. To touch yeah. on your cleaning thing, something a little bit, I don't want to say devastating because of the world right now and people are going through hard shit. But, dude, my fucking, I was so high on life for one reason. And then this brought me crashing down. Have you ever seen, or have I probably actually sent you, it is a, a vase cleaner or a vase cleaner, as I do air quotes big, in which there's two parts in which they're magnetic, and you drop one part into the glass, and then on the outside of the glass, you drag the other part. This way, it cleans from the inside out. You have to want one. This. Oh. And it doesn't get past the fucking ice catcher in the fucking glass. I know, dude. Like, uh, I didn't think about it, I guess. Or I thought maybe it was small enough. If it was like a nickel, it's not that it's not small enough in terms it's fat. If it was a nickel, I could definitely, it's, it's probably got the circumference of a nickel, but right. it's too fat and I can't get it past the ice cleaner. And I just didn't think about it. And I want to be mad at them for not telling me, but they didn't sell me a bond cleaner. They sold me a vase cleaner. And vases <laughs> don't need to hold ice. So, you know, they weren't expecting it either. It's no, definitely first your, world of the first world fist. problems, but uh-huh. I was so excited to get and use this thing because I've seen it and I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. I've seen it and I didn't want to spend the money, didn't want to spend the money. And then I finally said, fuck it, treat yourself, get a clean bong and take care of business. And I dropped it in there and it sat and I just looked at it. I just looked at it. I couldn't even move or do anything. I was just like, get in there. <laughs> oh. So anybody who's seen those on the internet, yeah, it worked good because for the for the what top would you hatch. call this top? The top part, you know, not the base where the water sits. Uh, the neck, I would say. The right? neck, nice. So I did I was able to see the work on the neck get done, but it couldn't go into the belly of the beast. So it's not as clean as it could be, but that Chem 420 still works really great to clean all your glass and stuff like that. Yeah, and honestly, huh? what I've yeah, what I've I've come to use too is just boil some salt water, and it does the trick as well because it just eats right through the siding of it. You know, you shake it up a couple times. Again, depending on size, depending on build up, right? I'm sure it's different, but a, we have a uh, basically a, a 
instant teapot kettle and i just fill that thing up and two or three passes through it with salt water in it and brand new basically pro tip for everybody out there because that's a good one those are what you could do with the buds now i did promise two others and i did kind of actually bring it up a little bit of a pen and that's a vape and if you want to i follow harvest it's where i get my my medicine it's where i've met a good friend now good bud tender shout out to danny g dropping lots of science on me for the other episode uh, bud tender i think it's two before this so it'll be like 34 something like that check it out but i'm gonna drop some science now because i didn't know this so vaping options do you hit vape pens sir do you like vape pens yes vape cards are glass cartridges filled with oil extracted from the marijuana plant that contain a unique variety of cannabinoids and terpenes these cards are paired with a battery that powers the atomizer contained within the cartridge heating the oil to vaporization which is then inhaled by the user so any first time marijuana users out there anybody who's getting into the pa mmj kind of scene or any scene around them where they sell the vaporizers that's that's what it is if you hear somebody vaping we are heating up a coil that is vaporizing it and inhaling it so i think it's a little bit cleaner than burning marijuana comes with its own battery you charge it it's a little bit more discreet doesn't smell as much and but I think it's you who sent me the meme ones of like, it's just not the same or it, it just doesn't hit right. You know, you want this, but this is what you get. And it, it is just like that. It's, it's, it's a different experience for sure. It's a, uh, it's a millennials twist on marijuana. I like to say. Fucking egg. Jesus. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> that <is> very funny. <laughs> and again, you know, we, the, the, you also see the memes, right? The, the kids these days, they'll never know the struggle of, go into a house to pick up a dime bag to then smoke it outside to, and, you know, uh, get rid of it before I'll just go hit my vape pen and, and target. <laughs> See you later. And, and that's life. <laughs> that's funny. You brought up Bert Kreischer. I also like his buddy, Tom Segura, Love. where he's Love. talking about, you know, daddy used to get in the car with strangers <laughs> and just like, wow, are you moving major weight? Yeah. $20 worth and shit like that. And now it's just, yeah, I roll up again to harvest and i'm just like yo let me get one of these and they're like all right i got you gotcha, so we're each getting pens right now i wanted to shout out i got this delicious one it's called rhythm three chems it's a hybrid vape pen 300 milligrams 84 percent thc wow with one two three four different penoms and three other specific terpenes specific to this strain so if you like a nice energetic uppity I would definitely put this in your to-go-to list. I like Rhythm. They're a good brand. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, for the most part, been pretty exclusive to the Buds for a while, but recently have picked up from my guy the Bursts, they're called. And they are basically just plug-and-play, ripping, you know, go. They're similar to what you had got me for my birthday when we went up north and... uh Basically, the life of the cart should last you whatever's in there. And by the time the battery runs out, you're good to go. And it's nice, compact, different flavors, all that jazz. So I've uh, I've enjoyed that pretty uh, exclusively, I'd say, for the last six months or so as I picked up that type of mechanism, if you will. No complaints at all. Finally, last thing I want to talk about, shout out one more time to Danny G for teaching me because I was not too sure how to dab. Have you ever dabbed before? Once or twice after visiting college, after I had graduated once, like I said, I thought, you know, this, if this was the millennials take on marijuana, then that was, 
the psychopath they got marijuana as I returned back to the fraternity house. That had kind of taken over at one point where if you weren't doing that, you weren't really even smoking. Damn, that fraternity likes me tough. <laughs> Fucked up, man. <laughs> so what we're talking about, these are concentrates, I believe. Live concentrates are made by flash freezing the freshly harvested marijuana plant and using a solvent to extract the cannabinoids. Cured concentrates are made up using dried or cured marijuana flour. Live concentrates tend to have a higher terpene content resulting in a more flavorful high. I don't know a lot of what I just read. You know, I don't know a lot of the science. I'm definitely going to have Danny G back on for another episode to go through, you know, what the difference between a live resin versus a cured butter versus shatter. Like there's so many different things in terms of how to dab that I just... I'm yeah. still learning. So for myself, I started off with some G leaf extract. It's pretty awesome. Deadhead OG cured butter. And it's not B-U-T-T. It's bud. Butter. B-U-D-D-E-R. Uh-huh. And it's a weird consistency. It looks like a nug of sand. And you break it off and you got to get your piece really hot with a fucking blowtorch. But you've invested in. There you go. <laughs> it's fucking weird. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. It scares me a little bit. I feel like bit. you're playing chemistry. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm. Uh... It's some Walter White shit for a little bit, where if somebody walked in and they didn't know exactly what you were doing, they'd be like, "Oh, that guy's doing meth." Yeah, that guy's definitely doing something that is not marijuana. If they're telling me marijuana is all nice and easy and should be legalized, <laughs> this yeah. guy's taking a blowtorch to his fucking face. <laughs> exactly. But I have learned that I like it. I tried this and it was, it's exactly what it was quote unquote sold me as of, uh, it's incredibly focusing. Oh yeah. I very much like what I'm getting off this. I'm not feeling super, Hey man, like one of those kind of stereotypical gives you the will, the will Smith focus. <laughs> Cause I swear, man. And I, I think to this day, like if. It had never been stereotyped, never been, you know, stigmatized, essentially. Like, where would the development of the things that it can do be at right now? Because, again, I'm not overly that crazy. But, like, you hear the stories about how people with seizures are able to overcome just everyday challenges that they were otherwise faced with if they hadn't been able to take advantage of some of these things. And then you get into some of the other podcasting. And like you said, you could go down Reddit rabbit holes and, and everything, right? But at the end of the day, the cannabinoid piece of it and the science of it and being able to almost be, you know, red light, green light within your own body, say, hey, these are the things that are affecting me. Here are the things that could potentially fix them. There's a lot of overlap between, yeah, hey, take a sativa, take an indica, take a hybrid, you know, strand and get yourself to a point of not stone stupid on the couch, eating popcorn, watching your favorite movie again. I think marijuana will always hold its place for that. But we needed to get it to a place where we're evangelizing it for all of the other great things that it can potentially do for all of the other people that need it just from an education standpoint. Anxiety in America where it's at. Again, I'm not putting that person on a heavy sativa strand so that they're going to be in their own head going, going, going. But there's definitely something that's got to be out there where, again, if a scientist can break down your DNA and your blood for your diet, they can definitely break down your blood and your dna for how a potential cannabinoid setup for your internal system would maximize your daily output on life and especially with everybody being sheltered in place for the last year and a half and the mental health you know 
crisis that's basically broken out across America. I just think like, hey, man, we kind of got the miracle drug that everybody's looking for. <laughs> so what are we what are we doing here? Not maximizing it at the end of the day, not to say everybody needs it every single part of the day. And that because it's not like that for everybody. But there's definitely a time and place, in my opinion, for this particular medicine is what it should definitely be categorized if you are vitamin right whatever category you want to drop it in some people need vitamin c every day to get through their day to give them that boost to pick up and you know help their immune system get to where it's going call me crazy but i feel different i feel productive i'm not that guy who's just slumped in the couch when i'm on that for any particular reason and that's just me i guess i don't know but it definitely hits everybody different but at the end of the day i feel like i could definitely tap into more of my productive side if I had more education around which particular cannabinoids were affecting me in which particular ways. Absolutely. And just don't be a dickhead about it. And we can all fucking get on board with this great plant or not, or figure it out that you don't want to be on board, but at least, you know, now set your own healthy boundaries for yourself. Everybody's, you know, again, we're adults here. Handle your fucking high. Yeah. Right? I mean, again, if you're going to sit there and let people go to the liquor store and legitimately science has proven that poisons your body. You're not going to, it just, I don't know, man, my head starts to spin into many conspiracy theories from there. (laughs) Oh yeah. If you were to lock yourself in a liquor store, how many products do you have to consume until you're dead? You know, a quart or a fifth of vodka or something strong will do it. Or if you want to just do it on beers, so let's just say a hundred of them. I don't know. That's a lot of beer, but still that's three cases. How many cases do liquor stores have? Would they miss as much alcohol as it would take to kill a human being? Would they miss that inventory off their shelf? Now do the same thing with the dispensary. Everything would be gone because you can't fucking do it. Exactly. So that's actually more importantly, they'd rather you slowly quote unquote poison yourself a 30 pack at a time versus, Hey, take 90 to the chest and we'll see what that does to you. Because again, if that were to ever happen, your body literally rejects it. You yeah. will start throwing up if you try to do that. That doesn't send off red flags to people like, oh, yeah, I got too fucked up last night. I've never complained about the nap that I've taken at the end of being too <laughs> fucked up on marijuana. I promise yeah. you, I'm very refreshed when I wake up. <laughs> yeah, I've never, ever, ever in my life had a day where I was like, oh, I shouldn't have smoked that much. Whereas in everything else that I've ever explored with alcohol and other recreational drugs, I've always had those days, if not multiple of those days of, oh, I'm never doing blank again. Never not said I'm not smoking again. (laughs) We've covered a lot here in this bud section. We've covered which ways that we like to smoke. I want to know which ways you like to smoke. Leave a comment, tweet us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Those are all those great things. Like, subscribe, follow, everything that I can ask if you could, please. With that, though, we can close on out of the bud section and open up into the bros section where I teased in our opening. Conor McGregor and Uriah Faber, not recently. I think it was like 2013, so we're talking about eight years ago, but it was free on Hulu, so I watched it. They were the coaches on The Ultimate Fighter, the show that takes fighters or wannabe UFC people and the number one guy after a tournament like we just did with our glass and smoking thing. The one person who's left at the very end gets a six-figure contract. And you would think that this bro section is going to do more on mixed martial arts. But no, it has all to do with fashion. So those who know Conor McGregor, one of his big things is always being in a suit that probably costs more than my car. And wearing it proudly and walking tall. He's got that very confident strut. Oh, yeah. 
and projecting himself in a power suit makes him powerful. On the opposite side, and maybe picked perfectly, maybe that's why they did this, is Uriah Faber, a kid, not a kid, a man whose name back when he was really big was the California Kid. So in that style, in that mindset of being in California and flip-flops, board shorts, cutoffs, and just like, hey, bro, what's kind of up? That's how he handles his life. So immediately when these two meet for their coaching stuff, style-wise, they clash. And I didn't really think much of it until Connor was kind of saying, you know, I didn't come from a lot of money and now I have these nice suits and I'm here to do business and this is what businessmen look like. And Uriah fired back, dude, I work too hard to wear a suit every day of my life. That's why I work so hard. And in one instance, my mind split into three different parts (laughs) where I was like, fuck, both those make a lot of sense. So in a very long winded bros intro, I just wanted to talk to you about all of that and get your take on it. Uh, If you... If you were able to choose your attire, because nobody tells Connor what to wear, nor Uriah, what what camp do you think that you'd fall into in that sense? Uh, so you, you gave me uh, this as the only real teaser outside of, you know, the quote unquote homework, if you will, to watch, you know, Loki one and two, if you can even call it that based on my excitement to watch that particular series. Um, and when you dropped it, same kind of thing, right? My mind immediately is like, oh, well, that's easy. Bang. And then as you start to think about it, you're like, well, wait, hold on. Bang. And then hold on. Fuck both of those ideas. Maybe it's a different path of something. And then so for me, I kind of was able to parse it out. And you get your fans are going to probably hate me for this because I'm riding the fence completely here. And if you ask me at the end to truly pick, I will. But I'll give you kind of where my mindset's at from a sports mentality. I am very much so a look good, feel good, play good type of person, right? I want to be in the nicest cleats, jersey, pants, whatever the case may be, because that will then instill confidence in myself, right? So in that realm, absolutely. But from a business side, the John, the nine to five, John, that you're probably asking more often than not, because again, that will dominate the majority of your life. If you call it, you're playing a part at work, fine. That is what it is. But I very much so would love to work hard enough to then not have to be in the suit every single day because I've seen what closing deals on a golf course in polos and shorts looks like, and I love that look on myself, right? So I could absolutely side with favor in that particular piece of it. But at the end of the day, if I'm showing up for a fight and I'm a UFC fighter, I am going to be dressed to the nines, basically letting you know, here I am, here is my confidence, here's my peacocking, if you will, my outward bravado, because that will instill more confidence in myself in the daily. So overall, again, I'm going to pick because your fans deserve that, right, for me to pick one side. I'm going to go Connor, even though my nine to five probably dominates the majority of my mindset. The inner competitor in me is the look good, feel good, play good. I work so hard to be able to ball out in this Range Rover, in this suit, in these Jordans, in all this name brand shit that I've worked so hard to kind of go out and get. And guess what? You know, it's worth what the price tag says it's worth. And you're lucky if I got it on sale, I probably paid double and I want you to know that. So I've definitely can fuck with that particular mindset and that's where i'm going to ultimately land but i 100 can appreciate the other side of it 
Because when I tackled this, I went for my job just right now, which has nothing to do with fighting. <laughs> I really don't know at the end of the day, if I were to show up how I'm dressed right now, which is, in my opinion, team favor. I've got nice, big, baggy camo shorts with a shirt that has no sleeves and slippers. And I'm very comfy. And I don't know that if I were to go into work, if somebody would come up to me and be like, yo, that's not okay. You got to you can't do this again. I really don't think it would happen, even if it was continual. I don't think that anybody would say anything. On the flip of that, when I interviewed, I interviewed in a full suit. Mm. And I felt like an asshole walking around after a little bit because I was realized like, oh, that's not the culture here at all. Mm. But if I were to go in for a full suit, I still don't think anybody would say anything anyway. You know, just like, that's that's the the dude who likes to wear a suit. Like, whatever. Right. So in that respect of I'm going to have to ride you with riding on the fence, ride with you on that fence, I guess, of just like in terms of that. But to then go to your very well put sports metaphor more so of I've got a peacock a little bit. I've got to not only psych myself up, but I've also maybe got to psych them out a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I really do not. I hope not. Anyway, that Conor McGregor in real life behind closed doors isn't as big of a piece of shit that he comes off as on stage, because I do believe some of that piece of shit is meant to get people talking and get meant to get people angry and For sure. get to watch. That's what he wants. He needs eyeballs. That's what he gets paid about. Absolutely. So the more people who either a want to see the loudmouth back his shit up or B want to see the loudmouth get shut up. Yep. He wins either way of like, oh, cool. They're all here to see me do something because I've talked a lot. And I don't personally agree with that, but it works for him in terms of what his needs are of getting him fights in which he walks away a loser, quote unquote, with with seven figures. Yep, exactly. A $10 million loser is a pretty good loser in my book, man. Like, that's fucking crazy. Oh, I mean, being able to just get yourself into a place where there is no, I mean, again, the biggest competitor and Connor must have known that going against Floyd Mayweather was just a payday. He was not going to win that. Yeah, there's no way. You tell Connor, hey, you can go ahead and beat the shit out of him like it's UFC. I, I, I might give Connor a chance. I might give Connor more than a chance in that fight. Again, if he can get him to the ground. Agreed. If he can get him to the ground. If Floyd's punching without boxing gloves, how does that hit a little bit differently? All that, it might hit harder. I, again, I don't know all that. But at the end of the day, it's not looked at as a payday for Connor if they were to have entered into a UFC fight. Floyd would have been crazy to do anything of the sort. But kudos to Connor. Look what he's parlayed into. He's got his own liquor company. He's got, like you said, global brand recognition at the end of the day. I'm sure he's a king back in Ireland. And that's all he could have probably ever asked for as a kid, like you said, growing up dirt poor in that particular situation. So yeah, to wear a suit that has your name embroidered in it as this fucking pinstripes, round of applause. You fucking made it, my guy. I hope you recognize and can appreciate that you've made it. But don't knock favor, in my opinion, right, for wanting to be that relaxed West Coast type of dude. But I also would never be the Mark Zuckerberg showing up to a meeting on Wall Street in my pajamas. I can't get on board with the whole West Coast mentality. Yeah, comfortable in your own skin, 100%. But if I'm showing up to do business as the head of my business, well, then what I want to represent is that kind of peacocked, united front of, yeah, we got fucking dogs over here. <laughs> like this is we're the boys. We're rolling through. Like we we are dressed to the nines. We are ready to go. We're ready to do what we have to do in order to make you comfortable as a client. Every single business different. That's not gonna roll in the south with oil riggers. 
but that's not what I'm looking to do. So everybody, that's why it's a question, right? Everybody's going to fall on different sides of the fence based on where you're at. And I can 100% appreciate working hard enough to get to retirement. But when I'm retired, I don't want to be the Bill Belichick in a cutoff hoodie. I want to I want to be comfortable. I don't care what that looks like. You're not going to be in a full suit, three-piece, all that jazz. But I want to be in fucking, like I said, I want to be in J's. <laughs> I want to be in nice, comfortable, like I said, it doesn't have to be name brand by any stretch. It can have no logos as long as it's comfy. But I know at the end of the day, my particular mindset is always going to be there's an internal, John, that a very sacred few get to see, if you will. Like, not the, the real me. I wouldn't say I'm ever fake. But then there's definitely a, you got to put on what you're doing in terms of showing up to the world, right? Like, there's a persona that you have to represent, whether it be based on your last name, based on your reputation, based on any number of different things. In my opinion, what I'm looking to do is show up and be that individual on favor side to my family, to my friends, to my significant others that kind of relax, work hard to, to chill. But I never want the outside world to ever see me and think that I'm comfortable. Complacency is the worst thing that I could ever be, in my opinion. It kind of brings up two things of I think that I'd fall in the middle of the line showing up to like Wall Street. Like, hey, that's a nice tune. It's like, thanks. They were three for $99 yeah. at DSW. Yeah. I got them at Route 22 on sale. Like, that would be me. Where I'm just like, yeah, if I have to wear this thing, I'm I got three of them. And you'll only ever see these three until they fall the fuck off me because I really don't want to be here. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And then my other thing is kind of going back to the Zuckerberg in a sense of, let's just say for whatever reason, Buds, Bros, and Superheroes in terms of the podcast world is the next, I don't know, Joe Rogan. Hmm. I don't know if there's anybody who, whether they like him or not, doesn't know that Joe Rogan does a podcast. Does right. The name podcast and Joe Rogan are almost synonymous at this point. Not trying to say that he's the best at it or he is the biggest. Other people would say other people are. But all I'm saying is, Let's say that this product that I have full ownership over were something that somebody wanted to buy or work or create with. That's when maybe the Faber slash Zuckerberg would come out of just like, oh, you want something I built and you want to exploit it? Like, we're you're going to work for me exploiting it, not the other way around kind right. of thing of like, I'm in charge. And no, I don't need to feel important for anything because I'm the one who created for once. I'm the creator. Yeah, and sometimes I do content. feel like that. So Maybe. Yeah, I think that we both officially waffled on both sides of creating <laughs> different points in which both kind of work. Because at the end of the day, too, when you watch the show, your IFA was rolling with these guys. So, like, why would you do that in a suit? Like, of course, he's going to show up to these comfortably. But then the other side of my brain once again took over where it's like, well, the camera showed up. Like, I'd probably dress up for a camera. Fuck. Anyway, if anybody else wants to get in on this back and forth, it is a hard one if you ask me. That's what she said. Leave a comment, tweet us, Facebook, all those fun things. But with that, we are going to close on out of this bro section and open up into the superhero section where Disney Plus Loki has two episodes in its first season. And we're going to break those down now. So, guys, Loki just came out last Friday. I don't know when you're listening to this. So it was June 9th. Episode one came out entitled Glorious Purpose. The show was created by Michael Waldron. Directed by Kate Heron, the writing credits go to Michael Wardron, the creator, but also Alyssa Karacek has also gotten one. I don't know if we're going to get more writing credits as more episodes go on, because we only have the two. 
The storyline listed on IMDb is the mercurial villain Loki resumes his role as the god of mischief in a new series that takes place after the event of Avengers Endgame. Stars Tom Hiddleston comes back at Loki, and we have a few more people to talk about that I'm going to bring up as we go into the story. So, episode one, Glorious Purpose, is where we're going to begin. Before we do that, I do have some fun facts that I wanted to go through. The first one, kind of clearing up where we are in the timeline. So, this series follows the events of Avengers Endgame, which came out in 2019 where Loki was captured in the Avengers, which was in 2012, New York Battle, but escaped with the Space Stone during a time travel heist by the Avengers in order to get all of the Infinity Stones, which then created this new timeline in which Loki was not imprisoned, didn't go to Asgard, the events of Thor the Dark World didn't happen, Thor Ragnarok didn't happen, Avengers Infinity War did not happen to him. So just to be clear, if you want to watch this in order of sorts of Loki, watch Thor, then watch Avengers, and then start watching Loki. Because character-wise, that's where he is. But we know the Loki that was just in all those other movies where we see him grow and develop and then eventually... Spoiler alert to anybody who's not seen Endgame, he gets his throat fucking snapped by Thanos. That's technically not the same guy, and we're going to see why that rhymed awesome as we go through this first episode. So right off the bat, sir, I need to know, how do you like the series so far? Love it, man. Absolutely love it. Because I've been the guy, oh, let's see the review. Let's see what they say. Oh, shocker. They love it. (laughs) But seriously, man, I had gone through uh, the Winter Soldier and Falcon and loved that. Of course, once getting the homework, I was like, okay, well, then I got to figure it out. And I sat down at about four o'clock today and I buzzed through both episodes and I was like, God damn it. I wish there was more because that's why I don't watch stuff on live release. I need to buzz through the entire thing when I watch it. But I uh, loved it, man. Absolutely did. I, I, I definitely love to see different perspectives on characters that you only get through one lens which would be of course the avengers and that whole series or thor ragnarok and all that and just seeing loki as he's portrayed and kind of not to you know get too much into the episode right off the bat i'm sure you got some talking points here but really just love the way that you were able to see a different side of loki almost agreed yeah no no real talking points we are kind of going to free flow free free flow yeah sorry i've got some peanut butter on the roof of my mouth apparently we are just going to kind of free throw through the two episodes. Um, the first one, like we said, so you kind of have to watch Avengers Endgame 2 now that I'm kind of backtracking. I almost want to explain it, but I don't because I feel like if you're not this far in, I can't I can't take you there anymore. Yeah. You have to have some of the Endgame, the time heist knowledge, Infinity Stone knowledge to 100% be on that same page with us. And instead of boring people who are like, I get it, and you're just fumbling through it, you high idiot. (laughs) We're just going to talk through it. Loki gets the Tesseract during that time. And what we don't see at the end of the movies, we see at the beginning of the show, is he ends up in Mongolia, and he sees a bunch of Mongolians, and they're like, who the fuck are you? And he tries to be all big and Loki-like, and they're like, wait, who the fuck are you? And then the TVA shows up. They are the Time Variance Authority, and that's the show proper, is all about these people. The best way I can explain that actually comes from DC lore. There's a famous book or storyline called The Flashpoint Paradox. Okay. 
And it's all about how Barry Allen goes back in time, doesn't let his mom be killed. Then when he comes to after trying traveling again, everything's different. Bruce Wayne is not Batman. He died in Crime Alley. Thomas Wayne is Batman. And Martha Wayne is the Joker. Superman didn't crash land in Kansas. He took out half Metropolis and now isn't a superhero. He's kept in a deep, dark CIA basement where nobody knows him and they try to, you know, see what makes him tick. Tons and tons of different things. Now, to translate this over to Loki, let's say, the Time Variance Authority would make sure that the Flash couldn't do that. He would make sure that this paradox could never happen. That is their one and only job is to protect what we learn is the sacred timeline, the one and only timeline that these three people, beings, they look pretty humanoid. Lizards. They look different. Which I thought was hilarious. What was it? Lizards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're lizard people for all intents and purposes. And they deem what is supposed to be and what's not as to not make paradoxes, not have what we learn is a battling timeline. And that's what Loki has created. And for anybody who's like, well, didn't the Avengers do that? Yeah, but also remember that Steve Rogers went back in time and put all of the stones back. And even more so, they do say something to snip any other loose ends of whatever they did was quote unquote supposed to happen in the sacred timeline. But now with him being escaped and we don't get what happens in Thor of the Dark World, shit's happening. They take him and now he's almost getting indoctored into it because. Owen Wilson, of all people. I went into this show super duper dry. I did not. I watched 10 seconds because YouTube ads made me. But I tried to go in super dry because I was super disappointed in Falcon Winter Soldier. So, so far with the Disney Plus shows, we started at WandaVision. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't know I needed this. Shout out to JD. Four episodes in, I was going to go with your school of thought of like, I'll wait for it all to come out and I'll binge it. And he said, nah, dude, you should get on this train. Like, it's pretty fucking awesome. And I took his word, and I think there was four out, and we had to wait for eight, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I, it was great. So I was on this Disney Plus train of like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think this is going to be great. And this is great. WandaVision was great. Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't do that for me at all, ever. So now going back into this, when we jumped on episode one, I was, I wasn't expecting much again. I kind of lowered my standards and then. I wanted to go and dry. I was like, shoot, you know, like, <laughs> let's not do anything to raise those at all. Yeah. And it was the perfect thing because all of a sudden Owen Wilson showed up and I was like, holy shit, Owen Wilson's in this. Like, what the fuck is going on? This is a turn I did not see. He plays his role as Morbius pretty great. He doesn't seem like the wedding crashers guy to me. He doesn't seem like the Wes Anderson kind of kooky life aquatic slash Royal Tenenbaums kind of guy. He does seem like somebody who's infinitely old and truly just cares about, you know, in a less shitty Batman way of like, it's the job, right. the job, is the job. And I got to do this job. And there is only one thing. And I've got to see this out literally until the end of time. What did you did you know he was going to be in this? How do you feel about him? Oh, man. I mean, again, if it, you went and dry, I went in Sahara Desert, right? Like I, I would had no expectations, nothing. And truthfully, like the, what I love about our relationship, right, is, hey, you go watch this. You're going to like it. 
yet to be disappointed, right? Pick a, any movie. Of course, majority of the time, we'll definitely talk more Marvel and comics versus anything else. But any recommendation, right? I know, okay, he's going to set me up. I'm going to like this particular cinematic event. And for to walk into Loki and just to, again, like I said, I hate to say it, I'm probably appointment television on Wednesdays at whatever it is, 9 o'clock, whenever it drops now. I'm going to be like, all right, that's that's what I'm doing at that time because I got to see the next episode. Not because it's absolutely edge of your seat, the best thing that you've ever watched. But you know what? I fuck with Marvel. I love the universe. Tell me more about this universe that's going on and some of the characters that they do and all that. Like, because I genuinely look at it as an opportunity to learn, right? Like, I didn't read the comics. I was never entrenched in that particular side of what was going on. So, yeah, you're going to make it easily digestible for me in 45-minute snippets. Sign me the fuck up all day, every day. <laughs> and that's what I like specifically about this show so far is that I haven't been able to pinpoint one story in which this is following specifically. So an obvious example is Age of Ultron. You know, you can look at a book that was Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. um, Civil War, same exact thing, where you can look at certain story arcs and see where they were coming from. So that's one of the things I like, too, about this so far is that they are taking a lot of elements. Like you said, they're making it very easily digestible for me as well. As somebody who has read some comics and has gone into deeper cartoons and loves the mythology, like the timekeepers weren't 100 percent on my radar. Yeah, I've always thought as the Marvel Universe as having multiple different universes and having that. So I hadn't really heard of them. There's big connections coming up in the cinematic universe of uh, Kang the Conqueror, and that might be one of these Time Lord people. Like There are things that are still going over my head, but at the same time, I'm on the same ride of like, you're right, it's very fun. Look at this. Like <laughs> yeah. We're doing lots of things, i.e. when he travels into this world, we are given Loki. He's a god, yes. especially up to this point, because in his line, in his mind, he hasn't had his neck snap. There has been nothing to physically stop him. And then when these time variance people come in and they smack him in the jaw and he gets all slow moey and shit, he's like, automatically, he's like, all right, I've got to play this game for a little bit because, well, that hurt. They go and they strip him out of his clothes, yep. which I thought Fine was really Asgardian mother. <laughs> and that weird androgynous kind of robot giving him a weird little wink at it. He gets a ticket and then we get, in my opinion, some of the funnest propaganda that we've seen since Captain America of... What's her name? The time lady, Miss Minutes. Miss so Minutes. we get the mascot, Miss Minutes, and she's fun, voiced by Tara Strong. Super big in the voice world. I do have my own separate issues that we won't go into with her and Harley Quinn. So if we take Harley Quinn out of the equation, I love Tara Strong, you know, the original Batgirl. She's done a lot of good acting over a lot of good times. Anyway, I like this. My second fun fact. So this Miss Minutes comes in and it, it is the expo dump. It's how we learn about the lizard people, timekeepers, the sacred thing, what a variant is, what a nexus event is. All these things are expoed really quick in what is a time variance authority propaganda flick led by a little talking clock named <laughs> Miss Minutes. And she was inspired a little bit by the mascot character, Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. Wow. Remember that? Yep. When he takes him on the tour as, as like the tour guide, essentially. Wow. Every time I think of him, I go dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got the same kind of Southern twang and the same kind of thing and gets a bigger role in the second episode, as we'll talk about in a little bit. 
But at first, it's just this propaganda machine that gets us all caught up. And going back to what we talked about of just like, I like Marvel, I like this world. All of a sudden, we are on a tangent of our own of this is the most weird set we've ever seen. It seems very out of place time-wise, which is funny because I guess that's what they're going for. The humor is different. It's not as much in your face like the Marvely jokes as we usually get. It's a very strange, if you will, direction of like, what are we doing? Where are we going? And what is the hierarchy to some extent, right? Like for me, I kind of am able to piece some of that together as you meet certain people. But one of the best things that's definitely in episode one, so I'm saying chronological here, is he's a standing trial. And they they, they say, how do you plead? God doesn't plead. He has been smacked in his face and humbled already. And to that point still is of the... Yeah, I don't plead. Are you what are you effing kidding me? Me? Loki, the god of mischief? Forget whatever you think. At least I'm the god of something. Who are you behind your tech? And like and the way he just almost patronizes what's going on. And then once he actually realizes, oh, this is what I'm up against, you can see kind of the wheels start to turn. And that's why I love the show, honestly. And you can say the Marvel, the kick pow punch, this, that, that. Yeah, cool. That's that's all gonna have its part in it. The writing's great. <laughs> I would agree because that was my biggest apprehension coming into the show was thinking about why is he going to do this? Why do I give a shit about Loki? Where's Thor? <laughs> What's going on here? You know, he's just going to screw everybody over. But as we learn, you know, he, he does say, like you were saying, he's kind of just going along for the ride. And he says something to the line of, well, this has all been fun with the pantomiming and stuff, but like, I'm going to stop this now. And he goes, <clears throat> and he can't do his magic. And now he's truly humbled of like, all right, I'm not super strong, like a God, like I usually am, at Never least on earth. Right. Now I can't do my magic. Sums up. Owen Wilson is this guy who's tracking down people who are killing a bunch of their, their, we were talking about a hierarchy. So we did have a judge. Her name is Ravona Renslayer, played by a lady who, if you're listening, I apologize. Your name is difficult, but I'm going to give it a shot. I think it's Guga or Gugu. I'm sorry, Mabatha Raw. It literally is G-U-G-U. I'm sorry if I don't know if it's a long or short U. I'm not trying. Anyway, we also get another hard name. Again, apologies. Wumni Masaku as Hunter B-15. So in terms of the hierarchy, there's also the comedian who plays the front desk guy who we see later. But like they don't have any respect for them. Like, like process this. What is it? It's a Tesseract, you fool and shit like that. And like the hunter didn't seem interested in what he was doing. The hunter then hands him over to the judge and the judge does her own thing and shit like that. So inside the corporation, even there is that hierarchy and somewhere lands Owen Wilson, where he's like, I got to trust this guy. I can't. We're not going to find out why yet, but. I'm going to go talk to him in the other room where we basically get a Loki greatest hit show. Yeah. We get a Loki clip show in the first episode, which is really hard to do in a series. But basically in the clip show, if you will, he finds out that his mother dies and it's his fault. He finds out that he dies and it's his fault. He finds out all these glorious plans aren't too glorious, but he still tries to escape thinking, fuck it. If I still just get the Tesseract and get out of here. I'm still going to have like the greatest power that these fools have ever seen. And like, I'll just be done. I'm he finds the story to a certain extent. Yeah. 
he finds the guy who took it at the beginning. Again, I'm sorry, I don't remember the comedian's name who plays him. And he's like, give me the test reactor. I'm going to gut you like a fish. And he doesn't know what a fish is. And we do a little ha-has for a little bit. But eventually we get, he's like, it's in the drawer. And as he opens the drawer and finds the test reactor, he looks down. There's literally a drawer full of infinity stones. Yeah, they use them as paperweights. And in that instance is the one in which you're talking about where he realizes this is futile. This is, I'm not even hunting for the greatest power. They use them as paperweights. Everything that I planned to do back on Earth with this, everything is fucking moot. Correct. I got to rewrite what I thought was my ending because there's no way, even if I thought was, again, best case scenario, 10 out of 10 hit on everything. I got paperweights? Like, yeah, oh, I'm in a different, like you said, realm at this point of who I'm messing with. Which I personally love. Because I think it starts to also check some of the things that I felt out of place on during the Captain Marvel movie and how all that went down. Because it's like, well, the Avengers are supposed to be the most powerful things that ever on the Earth. And then, hold on, you got Captain Marvel out here all doing her thing in universes and getting a good fight of it so what would those people do against the avengers like not for nothing i love the avengers you know they're gonna kick ass take names but like they needed a captain marvel right so like i like the fact that it almost reset the hierarchy for you that yeah okay never was i ever gonna think that loki is an apex predator right thor is or um Certainly Thor can check him, but Hulk is grabbing him, tossing him back and forth, doing his thing. Like, Loki's hold his own, no doubt, but I just really, I thought it was one of those things that it allowed you to take that 500-foot view almost at the Marvel Universe, which is very refreshing in these types of shows, because you can't get that in a three-hour feature film where you're trying to pack the seats and show Black Widow and fucking Captain America and Thor and all these different heroes having their moments and their couple different scenes and their cheeky banter that we've come accustomed to and all that. Like this is like you said, it's almost educational. Like I'm learning about the Marvel universe. Like, Oh, there there's levels to this shit, homie. <laughs> and it's really in not only my opinion, but the consensus of everyone's opinion that this along with WandaVision and along with the, announced Doctor Strange movie, which is madness in the multiverse or some shit like that, that that's what we are going for. We are going to go for a big expansion and a reset of everything that we've done because what we've done up to that point is now the past, especially with the big players, if you will, retiring and stepping back and it's going to start something new. And we really get that. It's a perfect segue into episode two. Episode two is called The Variant. Mobius puts Loki to work, but not everyone at the TVA is thrilled about the God of Mischief's presence. So really quick, maybe I kind of forgot a very big part in episode one. We figure out the variant who's going around killing all these people and Mobius's Morbius's interest in this Loki, we're going to call it our Loki from now on, is because a variant Loki is the one killing everyone. And that's how we end episode one. It's like, why do you care? And it's like, because the variant is you. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And it really does allow you to, as we dive into episode two, there's a couple other pieces and just kind of one-liners that I loved and picked up on, um, as I'm sure a lot of people will as they watch the show, but just that endear you to some extent to Loki as a character. And not that you like him, but that you almost can 
get where he's coming from, if nothing else. And that was the biggest thing, even if you go all the way back to a Walter White in Breaking Bad. He's not a good guy. But you can you can put yourself in his shoes if you were pushed to certain limits, maybe to potentially be that guy that did this and was the teacher who had, you know, what are the means to the ends if I could potentially get away with some of that stuff? So not to reveal too much, I really love the fact that as the episodes hopefully continue to build, it's called Loki, hopefully as you continue to peel back the layers of the onion that is Loki. I also think that Loki is supposed to be like, you know, what is a group of Loki? You wouldn't call them Lokis. I think that that's kind of the reason that it is called just Loki as well, because it can involve many a Loki. Wow. Maybe. I could be wrong. We start episode two at a Renaissance fair where another team of TVA agents gets assassinated by this variant, who the whole time gets a male pronoun. Though we saw in Loki's chart that his sex is fluid. But if you're listening to this, you know what's going to happen. But again, we're going to keep it chronological just in case anybody is mad enough to listen to a podcast with full spoilers. (laughs) We then go back to the TVA and find out that, yeah, it's exactly what our little blurb said in which Morbius thinks that he can can, can give this guy a job. So he's doing training. We see Miss Minutes again and we find out that she's kind of alive, but not really. She does interact with live things around her uh-huh. when she moves her feet make sounds but she can also like jump into a computer so we don't really know what she is but i found that whole thing fascinating of just like him trying to swat at her and her jumping away and shit like that oh i mean again not to uh to reveal too much and i don't know if we plan but you know no, I, just go ahead go for it i even love the fact that you know owen wilson's character can appreciate the fact of what a jet ski is but has never actually ridden on a jet ski. So again, as they break down their whole relationship, and that's one of my favorite things. And truthfully, like you said, you know, kudos to Owen Wilson, right? Because he's not his typical, hey, like his character really is like, I look at him almost as the same guy who's from Mad Men and plays Tony Stark's father in that episode. Because when I first looked, I was like, oh, fuck, he's in that? And then as I watched it, I was like, oh, fuck, that's Owen Wilson. That's not even that guy. So I was like, Oh wow! How are they gonna, you know, how are they gonna make Tony Stark's dad a different character in this, or is Tony Stark's dad part of the TVA and all this? And then I was like, wow, that's Owen Wilson. And not only is wow. Owen Wilson, he's doing a really, really good job. Yeah, exactly. He uh, he wowed me. <laughs> yeah, the jet ski thing is pretty funny from him, but it, we get in that same thing, kind of going back to what we're talking about about. Him just being a really true character for the reason of being true of just, I know that this is my job. I'm going to do my job. And it's one of the things that really balances Loki out because we all know that he's looking for the opportunity to fuck you over. Always. And yeah. Owen Wilson, I'm just going to call him that because he is yeah. Owen Wilson, knows it. So when we're standing in the Renaissance Fair in the first scene and Loki tries to make a call of like, don't go out there. He's going to fuck you over this person, like the variants out there. And Owen Wilson looks at him and goes, gives him a beat. No, no, this is a setup and calls his bluff beautifully. And later on has to deal with Loki going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Maybe we could just, is this mean? And, you know, he is, though Loki says out loud, I'm 10 steps ahead. I don't buy it for a fucking second. I know that Owen Wilson, if not 11, is 11 plus steps ahead if Loki thinks he's 10. Oh, just by the fact of the conversations that they're having about 
the level of danger. Like Owen Wilson has a healthy respect for what Loki is and who, what he is capable of and all of these different things. And almost to a point of it's him meeting his biggest fan to some extent, Loki, that is like Owen Wilson for all intents and purposes has studied Loki as we come to find just to figure out and try and track him down and all these things. But Hey, what is the reason that we're bringing him here? And why is the reason that Owen gets him in a room for, you know, one-on-one exclusive time? Not it's okay, cool. He's got this relationship that we're going to obviously uncover later on in multiple episodes of why, you know, he's her special agent, right? The judge and whatnot. But for me, there's an infinite level of trust that Owen Wilson's character gives to Loki, even though he knows he's going to get burned. He trusts him knowing that he's going to fuck him over. And there's almost something that I appreciate about that because it's like, hey, at the end of the day, I am still using you for what I need to ultimately get done. Right? What's the best way to hunt something? It's to study said something. And as again, we come to find it is a Loki that they're out trying to chase that's causing all of this particular damage. It almost makes me start to think, like, why introduce another Loki even into this world? Like, again, we come to see different um you know stances by the different people throughout and again i don't know if the agent that you had mentioned before but uh the actress's name who you also couldn't pronounce and i'm not even gonna pretend because i don't have it in front of me but her particular character is just from jump Nah, i don't fuck with that nah i'm not fucking with him get him the fuck out of here we disintegrated mad motherfuckers like this what is this guy any special get him get by like uh, throw him on the fucking scrap heap and we'll call it a day and that's for me i'm like there's a certain level of callous to what is going on there. Like she's hardened. She doesn't want to end up like any of the other things that she's seen throughout her course of hunting many of these. Yeah. Cause they are, this one specifically has been not only, not only does it seem like all Loki's fuck shit up, but this one specifically fucking shit up for the TVA and intentional killing them. Yeah. So the, yes, you're right. Her name is very hard. Her act, her, character name is much easier hunter b15 hunter b15 exactly and she is just one of those that it's like i don't even understand the hierarchy and how she doesn't have control over the situation more if she's as again it that, that's something that we're probably going to come to learn that's probably what's awesome about the show right like i trust in the fact that we're eventually going to learn it and if i don't then it's not going to be a big deal at some point because my mind's going to be taken in such another direction with where the show ultimately goes but i really just thought that that whole particular like if she's as much of a badass as she says she is how does she get the collar put around her neck by loki even if Loki is the god of mischief. Like it's, I didn't even understand how Loki was able to get into the hand-to-hand combat with her and actually hurt her to get the collar around her neck. Because I thought like she should just be able to like, I don't know, man. Like there, we could start pulling on strings and then we'll get upset with it. But at the same time, I was just like, she was so in control. And she's going to let the god of mischief do this. Like, it was almost like Owen Wilson when he's patting his shit down. And he's like, motherfucker got me. Like, I should have known helping him off the ground. I would have thought, like, yeah. I think that's what the whole thing was. And that's why she was almost taken back was because he did have the help there for a moment. There's no way. Because even as I watched him put it in his pocket, I was like, why are we watching him put it in his pocket? There had to be a reason. So I think it was all because... 
But in the second episode, she's really over his shit, man. Uh, and at the very end, well, hold on. Before we get to the very end, we'll talk yeah, a little bit about the in-between. So we know this variant is a Loki, and now Owen Wilson is using a Loki to find a Loki. And that leads our Loki to think that variant Loki is hiding in apocalypses. Because yes. everything the TVA does is a long string. And from there, a Nexus event causes a string to shoot off this string, and they want to prune them all and keep the string just perfect. When somebody goes into the past, the longer they stay, the longer the outlying string creates. What variant Loki has figured out is if they travel to a apocalyptic event, regardless of their action in the past, the timeline cannot become a nexus event because it's going to all end anyway. So right. nothing will be around long enough to be affected by the variant's actions, which is then tested by Owen Wilson and Loki going to Pompeii and causing a fool and making a muck and freeing goats and just going crazy. And Owen Wilson's there with his little thing like, yeah, fuck, nothing's happening. So his plan works pretty perfectly of a Loki catching a Loki. And that scene, when I saw the 10 seconds in which I told you, I tried to go and dry, but YouTube forced 10 seconds down my throat. That's all I saw. And I was like, God, that seems cheeky. And just like, oh, are we just going to be forced to try to laugh for six episodes? And then when I saw it in context, I was like, brilliant. God, that's funny. Like, run my little goaded friends, <laughs> yeah. my little horned friends, because yeah. he likes horns sometimes. Yep. Reminds me of when Tony Stark called them reindeer games. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the Pompeii thing happens. And then, yeah, we have a good idea of where to look, which leads us to the finale of this episode. We find out a few hopefully very wrong predictions of us eliminating the swallow. That bird goes extinct. There was a meteor strike. There was a few other world stuff events that was going to happen. But the one that lined up was Alabama gets a tidal wave, a class eight. Now, anybody out there who counts categories of hurricanes only go up to five. So somewhere between now and 2050, we're going to create three different levels of new hurricanes and a class eight will hit Alabama. (laughs) Yes. And that's where the variant is hiding. Owen Wilson takes Loki, takes Hunter B-15, and that's where we were talking about her really not trusting. It's like, this motherfucker's going with me. He's not going with you. I'm not letting my eyes off of him. And for once, you know, in a show where I was like, they're just, he's he's just going to keep tricking him. I was like, thank you. Like, yeah, let's get some fucking sense up in this bitch. <laughs> but then that's immediately taken away because they stumble upon the variance hiding spot during this hurricane is basically a Costco, whatever the actual thing was. Really quick side tangent. This future world in 2050 was futuristic enough to have like little robots cleaning stuff, name tags that said, hi, how are you? But shampoo still came in the same bottles that they came in today. (laughs) And that threw me out. I was like, we don't have like different shampoo by now. Like it all still comes in the same bottle I buy today. But we had to update name tags first. (laughs) Whatever. They find a guy doing hurricane shopping for azaleas. (laughs) And she doesn't immediately try to stop him or take him down or like, she's like, I think you're the variant. He's like, no, I'm just shopping. She's like, I'm pretty sure you're the variant. He's like, nope, azaleas. 
And then we find out that Variant Loki is using puppetry. And with a touch, kind of like the Venom symbiote in that movie, it gets transferred from person to person. So this finale, until we find out who the true form is, is just Variant Loki jumping between three different people. And it's a lot of fun because Loki's trying to also get the upper hand, our Loki. Mm-hmm. And many times during this series, and by that I mean the two episodes, we hear him saying he's the superior Loki. And then Owen Wilson kind of checks him on that of like, <laughs> really? Because we caught you. <laughs> We're having trouble catching this one. And we caught you like two days ago, bro. Like you kind of work for us now, even who's really. <laughs> but anyway. Now, I'll, I'll take a beat there because I also love where Owen Wilson follows that back up and he goes, yeah, I'm basically going to tell you anything I need to tell you in order to get what I need to get out of you. And I'm just like, well, God damn, that hit him right to the point. But you can almost appreciate Owen Wilson's canter in that moment to Loki because Loki also very much so would love to be as transparent as that, but that would throw off his whole plans. Loki is a one-track mind type of guy. He wants to go see the three lizards. He wants the, the fucking crack at the timeline, guys. Because he can't wrap his head around the fact that he's seen himself die as somebody who views himself as a god. So for me to then look at Loki and then say, damn, you can't just be so straightforward with Owen Wilson's character in order to get what you want because you're still always trying to play that game on a different level. And that's what's unfortunate to some extent about it but what i love about the whole show and the character himself because it allows owen wilson's character to just slightly manipulate him based on just a couple of different words oh you're a scared little boy oh does he really think that or is that something i'm just telling you because i know is what i need you to fucking do in order to get it done and i was like god damn that's fucked up but i fuck with it <laughs> you're playing the father drama of being a frost giant kid and not really odin's and knowing the backstory oh yeah and like you said i know you better than i Thank think you. you know you at points and shit like that absolutely yeah. Yep. yeah yep but he does trust him enough to bring him on this mission which i thought was a mistake and we do get a little bit a little bit of betrayal because as the variant Loki goes through all the different people eventually, and this might be the biggest spoiler, but for those who are really watching, I don't think so. Just because this particular character has kind of come into more of the light. We do get Sophia Di Martino as the variant, AKA lady Loki is, is what we think it's going to pan out. I did a little bit of research in the comics. Ragnarok does happen. Loki's soul or body dies and his soul is going to get put into a new body when he sees the body that was made for Lady Siv and he goes, ooh, that might be more fun. So technically, it's not a variant of Loki. It is Loki just as a chick. Whereas this, I do think, as forementioned, in terms of they're not following anything, I do believe it's just going to be a different world Loki. Now, the thing that kind of throws... A little bit of a wrench in this is in some foreign language, somebody snapped a picture of her credit and it was name of uh, the Enchantress. I can't think of the lady's name, but there's a character in Asgard who works with Loki because she she wants Thor, but Thor wants Siv and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. In my opinion, they're mixing Lady Loki and the Enchantress into one character. And that's what this is. 
And also, in my opinion, whereas Loki wants his chance in time of the lizard people, like you said, wants his chance to rule the timeline, I think she truly wants chaos of burn it all down. (laughs) Yeah, let it be that nobody controls what's going on, that it is just the, the chaos is like what Owen Wilson almost relates to people just getting through a daily type of kind of grind, if you will. Like, yeah, there is, we, we make what we want of what we want in order to just make the best of what is, which is chaos. It's either her, I don't know who brought it up, who made me think of it, but it's basically censorship. Three guys, lizard or not, are creating what should or shouldn't be. And it's like, no, just let it all be. So at the very end, we find out that as, which now I'm just going to call, From now on, guys, Lady Loki, as she's been taking down these teams, she's been picking up the reset grenades is what I call them and the destination pads. And at the very end of episode two, we see about 42 different bombs light up and send out. And then we cut to the TVA where we see the long string in which we've come accustomed to as the sacred timeline. And we have seen other variants pop off, but we've always seen the reset grenades stop them. And now they're just, there's a buttload of them and they're just going and everybody's in panic mode. Lady Loki steps through the door and our Loki has Owen Wilson and B-15 coming up behind him running like, stop. And he goes through the door with her. And that's the end of episode two. And though I, I got to say some things I thought I was going to see, I'm really hooked into this show, bro. I I have no idea where it's going. I don't. And that's what I like the best about it is it, it's almost, it's not even episode to episode predictable. Each one has its own little bit of cliffhanger for its own type of reason because you're almost like, the, the thing that I always loved about Marvel movies was the first 15 minutes was before they even said, oh, an Avenger Endgames, right? So you're in it. You're in it. This same kind of thing. Each first 15 minutes of every episode, you're like, tie me off on the last 15 minutes of the last episode. And now mainline me for the rest of the, for the 35 minutes until I got to eventually cut myself off in another, you know, at the end of it again. Because I know that the way that they're doing this is to cut it just like chapters in a book, man. You want They want it to be the page turning type of thing so that goons like me eventually just wa- rewatch it and they're able to rip right through it. Because episode to episode... I'm not, I can't retain the information eight weeks in a row. I need to watch it almost in real time and be like, oh my God, <laughs> here it is. And they kind of piece it together that way for me, at least. And that's what's definitely been done the best here. I hate to keep comparing, but the first two episodes of WandaVision, though they're fun, they're, there's not much to them. Nothing fucking happens. I can almost say the same for Winter Soldier, but I don't remember them as much. Because I don't really remember a lot of that, but I don't remember the story launching. Kick punching almost more early, which is like kind of more to Marvel's original. Again, I haven't watched um, WandaVision just quite yet. That's definitely on my to-do list. But um, from Winter Soldier and Falcon, for me, it was just like they put you right on like a moving train almost. And then they never brought the train into the station at the end of the episode either. So it was like you got off a moving train as well. So I can get what you mean. There's no, for that particular series, right? There's no gratification almost. It was just like, oh, that was cool. I watched that. It was time in front of my eyes. Whereas this, I'm like, 
I need to figure out what's going on in the world of Loki because this shit is kind of crazy for me right now. <laughs> yeah, for your train thing, it, very much so of just getting thrown on for the Falcon Winter Soldier where I feel like we got in, we sat down, and then that train started going 200 fucking miles per hour immediately. And now we're just like sitting on it going, holy shit, are we moving really quick? <laughs> where again, to keep this kind of going, the WandaVision train was like just a chug chug <laughs> Chugga, chugga. <laughs> Winter Soldier was just like, shit, am I on a train? All right, I guess I can enjoy this. And this one's like a bullet train, dude. You're just, that first episode threw you in. The second episode, we're even farther. We found the variant. We know a little bit more who it is. There's six episodes in all. We're two episodes in. 33% of the material is already out there. And That's we're like, think about. it is. It's so good. And I like that it's short. That's really what I was looking for. I like them to be shorter because six is six is going to be good. I really do feel like there's not going to be, there's been no filler so far. So if there's no filler at the beginning, the last two episodes are probably going to be insane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that you start to look at, right? Like is a, a six hour movie, something anybody would ever sit to watch. No, but six 45 minute episodes. Yeah. People will rip through that in an afternoon. I promise you there will be people that spend a Saturday started at 10 or are done by four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And it's just because once it's able to be consumed that way, this is so good that you're not going to want to get up. You're going to riff through it like a movie. Agreed. Could not agree anymore because every, at the end of it, I'm almost pausing it periodically to do the math of how much is left. Cause I don't want it to end of just like, Oh shit, I've only got another 10 minutes. Fuck. Oh no, I've only got another. And then it just ends. And I'm sitting there like, Seven days, fuck. It's like the little creepy kid from the ring. Now I gotta wait seven more days. <laughs> it really it's uh delayed gratification at its finest, which is nutty to me because it's like you fuckers have it. I don't know, man. I just it, for me, I just kind of fuck with it because of the fact that I love the storytelling. It is, it really is at its finest. I know that there are Marvel sheep out there that no matter what comes yeah. out they're going to love. And no matter what a Marvel actor does, they're going to praise it. But I do mean this. This show is great. Tom Hiddleston is great. Owen Wilson's great. The two ladies with the hard names that I can't, I'm not going to butcher again. They're great. Like really all in all, I try to call it as I see it with like a, how I felt about winter soldier. Wasn't, it wasn't anything special. In some cases there were scenes that were flat out bad to me personally. Again, in that my personal opinion, this is not doing that. Out of everything that has come, this is top tier yeah. for me. Might be my favorite thing ever. Yeah, and I don't. I, I hate to be a victim of the circumstance, right? And just somebody who's captured in the moment, if you will, of like, hey, this is what's recent and it's hot, and that's why I like it so much. But like, I really, I think I've just, I never understood how much I could appreciate this side of this one particular superhero story. And that is like this, I, I can have a whole new appreciation for the whole Thor storyline after watching just the first two episodes of this particular show, just to, again, give me a little bit more insight into Loki. He does. Yeah. To a certain extent, want to burn things to the ground, like to almost watch the ground, like, but he's not quite like the Joker in that he would be satisfied with ultimate chaos. He has, a goal in mind, which is bend the knee. I can be your ruler. The worst thing that humans had was the opportunity to know what freedom was and free will and choice. Like I could make things so easy for you. And that in my head is just like, 
yo, that's Thanos-ish. Thanos-ish. And I'm like, yo, that's wild because those two ultimately kind of stand toe-to-toe or, you know, hand-to-neck, if you will, right? (laughs) And and he almost, in that moment, is like, god damn, like, I'm I'm a boy among gods, even though we're all gods. Well, luckily for us addicts, we got a whole more month of this. Like we said, we're just sitting here tapping our arms saying fucking Wednesday. (laughs) I love that meme where it's every every Loki fan on Wednesday and it's Captain America where it's like, I've got eyes on Loki. (laughs) It's like, that's fucking funny. That's definitely us right now. Is it you guys? Are you too obsessed with Loki? If you listen to us talk about it, you must like it just a little bit. But tell us down in the comments. Leave a like on Facebook. Leave us something on our wall. Tweet us. Instagram is there. Leave a comment there. What I'm trying to say is viewer interaction is going to be great. If you can't do any of that, though, the thing that I would like the most, if possible, is if you know a friend who likes Buds Bros or Superheroes, have I got a show for them, guys. Just word of mouth would be the best. But if not, just keep listening, too. That would be great. I appreciate everything. I appreciate all the love and support I've seen so far. This tiny little podcast is growing, and I couldn't be any more thankful for everybody out there, but especially my guests, and especially my guests today. So, Brother Johnny, always showering me with love, good thoughts, happy thoughts, support, being here for multiple hours talking to me. It's been amazing, sir. Thank you so much, brother, for coming and hanging out and being part of my fun little project. Oh, no, absolutely, man. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and I will continue to come back as you have me, brother. This is the quickest two hours that I ever spend, right? It's just being able to cut it up with you and, you know, shoot the shit. This is, you know, absolute pleasure. Thank you again. Thank you again to everybody out there. This is Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are out of here.